You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. Pause on the play is about conversation, dialogue, the opportunity to listen into discussions, real open, honest, authentic ones that question societal norms and gets you in action imperfectly. Yes, we talk about some business things, but at the end of the day, it's all about questioning perceived notions, being an imperfect ally, becoming a part of the change that you want to see, and to make sure that we can continue to bring you this valuable content, this space where you get to hear something that's really important, I'm here to ask you to give some fuel to the podcast engine, going over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. This helps to ensure we can keep the dialogue going. So for your support, I'm sending you a heartfelt thank you. Let's get it going. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it is amazing to see you here where you are challenged to examine your beliefs, question your predisposed notions, and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here along with my co-host India Jackson, so we can get the dialogue going. So I'm going to keep my intro very short. Um, at the end of the day, this is about the 975th day of 2020. And so this uh, episode is actually kind of based on the fact that Indy and I hit this point where there was just some uh, energy bubbling up. And it was just like, yeah, this needs to be kind of put down. And so we came in and decided to literally hit pause on our conversation and to record it because we needed you to hear it. And it was just basically this frustration with people deciding how to preface questions or how to decide what your answers need to be to things and just kind of deciding how to process you. And we're just not okay with this. So I'm going to kind of just let you happen and hear what it is. All right. So this is what happens when the legitimate place of where pause on the play started actually happens. Indy and I are talking and it's like, pause, hold on for a second. We need to record. So <laughs> this is one of those that we are both a little bit flared up. So good luck. Um, we are discussing the overall concept of preconceived notions, how people assume what something is. They write your story. Um, they basically decide, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's normal for me. So 
that's true for you too, right? Of course it is. Tell me how blah, blah, blah happened because that's the only way that can happen. And to put it bluntly, that's some fuck shit. I said, yeah, because there's been a number of times that this has come up. And one of the scenarios that we always go back to is a networking event that we went to here in Baltimore. And we were watching a panel of women being asked different questions. And one of the questions was, um, and if if I miss something here, India, tell me, you know, how did your mother make you the woman that you are? What did she do? And first of all, me and India were like, what? I don't even think it was make you. I think it was like supporting you, which has even more, you know, connotation to that. (laughs) Right. And we just kind of were looking at each other like, did they just say that? And you could feel the energy in the room change and nobody wanted to kind of say anything about it. So it kind of seemed like it was a lot of the like, yeah, I'm just going to answer because I don't want to break facade up here. And I'm just going to kind of keep it going because, you know, maybe that's not what I want to say, but I'm going to say the PC acceptable answer. And that pissed me off because I am someone who my mother did not make me who I am. My mother did not support me in becoming who I am. I am who I am despite that lack of help and support. I am who I am despite abuse and trauma and the lack of things. So when somebody comes in and wants to give responsibility of where I am to what somebody else did, I immediately get irate. Because it's not everybody's story. It's not. It's not. And to give some context here, I think what what instantly bothered me about the question is it was the first, it was one of the first personal questions that were asked in this panel. And I want to say there was four speakers for this panel. It was a while ago, mm-hmm. um, maybe even close to a year ago, but yes. just from recollection, it was about four speakers. All of them were very powerful and very successful women. I mean, one of them had flown in, from somewhere else, you know, and was very well known for being on television. I won't reference her, but I could feel the response in her body when she had to answer that question when the mic got sent to her. Probably wasn't her truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, we're looking at another woman who had a marketing agency that has just done incredible things locally here in the DC, Baltimore area. And for me, the question didn't just bother me because it was assumed that these women were made and supported by their mother, which is not my truth or your truth either, Erica. Um, But it's like, that's the very first personal question you could ask. I mean, we've had this entire conversation around how intelligent they are, all the things that they know, them giving value to the audience. And The first personal question is bringing back all the credit for who they are and who they became to someone else. It felt very undermining. It felt very assumptive. I cannot ignore the fact that the person that was asking the questions and moderating this conversation was in a completely different age range and was probably old enough to be these women's mothers. So there was that to add to it. And, you know, being in 
Baltimore, DC, you know, you're in a bigger city. You don't know what people's backgrounds are, period, but that gets even a little bit more interesting in the inner city. So I just felt like I could feel in the room the discomfort amongst everyone when that question was asked. And then the almost, uh, it made me almost angry that no one actually fully spoke their truth. They just went along with this very, um, what do you call it, Erica? I'm, I'm missing the word for it, but it was a convoluted question. Like it was so loaded that it assumed the yes. answer. And it was almost like you had to go on autopilot to give like the acceptable answer. Like you couldn't, it was almost like nobody felt comfortable enough to say maybe what they really wanted to say. No. No, because if they had said anything less than their mother supported them, they were now bucking back at the question that was given to them because it was given in such a loaded way. And it almost made me angry that they couldn't fully tell like something about themselves or something about their lives that wasn't tethered to giving the credit to who they are, to being a mom or to having a mom or to being a wife. Like, I don't know. I see a big chunk of this is the fact that whenever things have to be attributed to somebody, for some reason, it triggers these thoughts for me of somebody having given me something that they can take back, something that I didn't earn, something that wasn't mine, that wasn't due to what I did. And being that I am someone that had to do a lot of things on my own, when you immediately ask a question with the assumption that, well, of course somebody supported you. How the fuck do you know that? (laughs) How do you know what I have or have not had? And if you will take the time to actually talk to me and ask me questions, there is a point that I am going to be able to point out the support that I've had and the powerful, fiery, dedicated people that have wanted to see me win just because they wanted to see me win. But to boil it down to assuming that I had to have done it because of someone else. That doesn't sit well because that to me feels very different than, you know, that kind of point of view of like, you know, we all kind of have a support system that, what is it? You know, you can go it alone, but you go farther together. I guess there's something different for me in kind of understanding that you've been able to achieve more because of a unit or because of additional support, but to kind of annotate it in a way that sounds like you couldn't have done it alone because of course there was someone else. I don't like that. That feels like it is diminishing of someone's power. Not only does it feel like that, I also want to say it's incredibly, when we decide somebody's truth, and in this case, you know, this person was deciding for people's truth, for women's truth, at an event that was for women, you know, it's harmful. It's very harmful. And not only is it harmful for the person on the stage to then have to feel their way through navigating and response that is even somewhat close to their truth without seeming like they're undermining the moderator. But it's Mm -hmm. also harmful to the women in the audience who are now having to hear four people that if they choose not to be disruptive, comply to the preconceived notion that women who are successful have 
mothers who were very nurturing, who were very supportive and who were very much their cheerleader to get them to where they became. So for the women in the audience who do not have that as their truth, it can create a shame spiral. And it's not to say that this person put shame on those women, but it can very much trigger thoughts of, well, I didn't have that. Does that mean I'll never get to where these women are? Because there is a certain level of looking up to the women on the stage that can happen when you're attending events. You know, there's a certain level of amount of people in the audience who are a little bit of a fangirl to the people on the stage, and that's okay. But when we take a stance to where we assume somebody's truth, we put that on them. And then we also are putting on this kind of perfect image of what their lives had to look like to be successful. Then that trickles back down into what the people observing them believe to be true about themselves. Well, I'm not perfect. Well, I didn't have parents like that. Or my kids don't get good grades. What does this mean about me? I'm also going to acknowledge, okay, first of all, yes to everything you said. And I'm going to also call out some of the additional preconceived notions that I think this can bring up that are also very damaging. Number one, the minute you go into the mother, father, male, female, you then get into the place of excluding anyone that does not fall into either one of those categories. So if someone was in an audience that was non-binary, it's possible that they could have felt like, well, that doesn't count for me, or I don't count in that way. You are also minimizing anyone who maybe got to that point because of their father or a male role model. Mm -hmm. So then there's that. And so the fact that you are saying that this woman got there due to another woman, I maybe get it from a point of view of, yes, rah-rah feminism, but I already have my own issues with feminism from a place of it being rooted in racism. Feel free to at me if you have a problem with that. I am happy to talk to you. However, um, you are writing this story to only be about this person having gotten there due to somebody else. And it had to be another woman and it had to be in this very specific way. So you are minimizing a lot of stories that are truth by saying it has to fit in this box and it has to look this way. Get the fuck out of here. I hate that. I cannot stand the fact that you are going to say that this is how this has to look. It has to have happened this way. And of course, this is what happens. Everyone has a family unit and this is what your mom did. Oh my gosh. What the hell? Well, I mean, I... I, I <laughs> women that are expecting other women to fit into society's perfect little box and have the perfect family and have the perfect kids in order to get to the level of success that they have are actually harming other women. No matter how much you think that you're a part of women-centric, women-focused, feminist-type events, women empowerment events, because this was a women's empowerment event, you Please are part of the fucking problem. Please say it again. Please say it again for the people in the back in the cheap seats, because that is not okay. You are a part of the problem. You are a part of the problem. And so this could have been solved very easily by asking a less detailed question 
you know, and saying, what contributed to your success? A much more open-ended question that would have allowed the women in the audience to see a variety of what success could really look like, because there is no one way to have the support that you need to be successful. And that's not always coming from family of origin either. That's not always coming from people sometimes. So a very easy fix to that is to ask more open-ended questions without your fucking biases on it. (laughs) But number two is what stands out to me is it shows the amount of work that still needs to be done. Just because you're a woman at a women's empowerment event does not mean you're actually at a place where you are fully capable of empowering other women without doing harm. Yes, because what you said, part of it is the asking of the questions. I'm sorry, like, I think there is a point to where you have to think about it, but it's like, can we not put these questions out there and preface them in a way that we are, they're leading because you have decided that this is what the story is. I think there is a difference in me coming to somebody and saying, how do you feel about that? Versus how did you feel when that person cut you off and did that shitty thing to you? That's a very different question. And so you paint the picture as to, well, I really actually wasn't even paying attention. I don't know where somebody cut me off. Somebody got in front of me, but it wasn't even that serious. I guess you saw them cut me off. I just saw them merge over. You have now put your connotation on it. You put your stink on it. So when you are making a statement or asking a question, I do think that it is important to make sure that you are not putting your perceptions or your preconceived notions, your ideas of normal, your idea of what just happened, what the situation is, how they are supposed to process it on somebody else because you are essentially trying to write somebody's story because this is what you think is the most applicable story for them in this situation don't write my story it's not fair to write anybody's story allow them to write their own and when women have enough trouble as a whole a collective whole this is not calling out any individual saying a collective whole is a unit we have a hard enough time being able to to own and write our own narratives we don't need to be the perpetrators of taking away that benefit any more than it's already being done. Yeah, I mean, what stands out to me <laughs> is I instantly got angry because I know how that could have made other people subconsciously feel about themselves. But I also want to recognize that I don't think that this moderator meant harm. So I want to be very clear that we're not having this conversation. I doubt they even listen to this podcast anyway, but to make them feel bad about themselves, but to call out like, are there places that you're doing this to people where you are asking loaded questions and recognizing that that can make them feel a certain way when you are leading them into a response that might not actually be true to who they are. Um, when you have preconceived notions about what their truth looks like, instead of just taking the time to actually get to know them and what their truth is, that's very harmful, number one. Um, So I think that awareness is important. But I think the other side of this is, ah, the other reason that I got angry is because I know that that wasn't the truth for every single person on the stage. And it makes me say that I want everyone else hearing, 
And I know Eric and I do this a little bit easier than others, and it may not be easy the first time you do it. But if you are ever in a situation where somebody is doing something like that, it is okay to say, well, you know what? Actually, that didn't happen that way for me. Mm-hmm. Start the I... conversation that that could look different. Start the I'm... conversation that the assumption might be incorrect. And I'm glad that you mentioned the shame piece because no, this conversation is not meant to shame that moderator or anyone else about what was said. But in the same way that the, um, the kind of leeway can be given to say that she did not mean for this to make anyone feel a certain way, or this was not the intended impact that, you know, she kind of maybe had in her head. It also has to be understood that for someone like you or I to speak our truth about it, it is also not our point to inflict shame on her, but to speak our truth. And the reason that we sound and feel the way that we feel is because that's how we feel. And I bring that up because it is very often in the work that I do, it comes up around shame. And so I am not one that is here to put shame on you. I'm not going to point at you and say, you did this and you're a terrible person. No, but if I feel a certain way, I do not have to minimize my feelings. I do not have to swallow them in order to assure that you are comfortable with how I convey it. And you do have to understand that I am allowed to feel however I feel, because even though that was not your point, that was what happened. And so my point and then communicating how I feel is not to make you feel any certain way, because number one, I can't make you feel anything that you don't allow yourself to feel. So I'm going to say that first. But second of all, I feel the way that I feel because that's how I feel. And I am giving you the space to even get how it is that I feel. I could have just walked away with it and not said anything to you. And you could have walked around with an untrue assumption as to how it actually landed. But I'm telling you the truth, giving you an opportunity to think differently and to maybe act differently going forward. But you cannot police other people's feelings because, well, I mean, she didn't mean that. You have to be so mean about it. Am I being mean or am I being honest? Because you may perceive it as mean, you may perceive it as direct, or I'm also going to say the elephant in the room. I'm a black woman, so me having an opinion can honestly very often paint me as being angry. The and angry. If I am woman. correct, and if I am, that's my fucking business. Because I can feel however I choose to feel. So I feel like throwing a boom on that. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so. And while I'm going to bring this back at another point, if Karen can be angry and talk about everybody, guess what? Erica's pissed off and can say what she want to say too. Well, that's a whole nother podcast episode. (laughs) But Karen can get away with a whole lot of extra fuck shit on level 15, but let Erica or India say something at a level eight. And it's assumed (gasps) that it's like, it's jail worthy. You know, like how dare us? We say something on a level two and it's received as 15 because we're black. Let's just keep it 100. Yes. And so I feel like that needed to be, be brought up because yes, we are feeling how we feel today. And we are sharing that because it is important for you to understand where this can put people and to get what that can actually look like. But you also have to understand you can't come in and dilute how we feel because it made you feel uncomfortable. How do you think we felt? Well, and here's the other thing. We weren't the only people that felt that way. 
there was a whole conversation going on in the audience. So, and, and let's acknowledge that we were, we were two little specks of pepper in a, in a bowl of salt. <laughs> Thanks. And the salt was unhappy with how that went down too. Correct. So, I don't know. I think that these things, they're not black and white. I think it is very important to acknowledge that, yes, this person probably did not mean harm in their heart when they said what they said. And they still caused harm. And it's still irresponsible to not address the fact that asking questions like that to two, to four incredibly successful women in front of an audience of women that aspired to be or looked up to or wanted to support the level of success that those women had achieved and to do it in that way is also harmful. Yes. It's an and. You can mean well and cause harm. It happens every day. Yes. Yes. And this is where the entire point of this is to get you to question and whenever possible to check your preconceived notions. Think about the things that you're saying, the questions that you're asking, the statements that you're making. Are you putting your normal on somebody else as how their, how their truth had to have been laid out, what their experiences had to be? And when that happens, it's like, okay, where's that coming from? Why are you assuming that that is the only way that this could have happened? And why are you reluctant to see what somebody else's could have been? And allowing them to write their own story. Leave things more open-ended and let people be able to answer authentically and honestly. What you get is people shutting down. And the reality is, is that anger or frustration is the best thing that you can get. The worst thing that you can get is somebody that swallows it, gives you the answer that you're looking for, and minimizes how they really feel. That's worse. Yes, because you don't even know what that might look like on the back. And when they have to go home and look themselves in the mirror and be like, fuck, that's not my truth. And I lied. And I'm a, and the feelings of shame about their truth that can come from that, of having to lie about their truth. So, oh, you're about to say mm-hmm. something. No, <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm over here about to do a praise dance because I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Like, who knows how those women felt after they got off the stage? I don't know. Anyway, if I had one thing that I'd say that stood out to me from this very impromptu conversation is where can you be more curious? Where can you ask questions from a place of complete 100% curiosity without assuming a motherfucking thing? Where can you ask questions from a place of pretending for a moment that you know nothing about the person that you're asking it to? Because I can almost guarantee you every single time you think you know somebody, but like Erica says sometimes, what is it, real world? You ain't got no idea. (laughs) You You think think you you know, know, but you you have no idea. No idea. (laughs) Give people the power and autonomy to write and tell their own story. Pause on the Play is about community support, having the powerful and necessary conversations, knowing that it is safe to actually do that and to know that you don't have to do it alone. You have an opportunity to 
be next to others, shoulder to shoulder, that are looking to make impact, things that are bigger than themselves, and to actually make the world the type of things that we're all going to be able to participate in and to be able to receive what we need from it, to have an equitable place for all of us. These are the types of things that are important to us and that we foster within the community. This is our space created within Pause on the Play that is especially for you. Doesn't matter where you are in your business. It doesn't matter where you are in your visibility journey. This is a place where you can receive support, talk with others, get through all of the messy middle and know that you have a room full of people that are cheering you on and willing to help you. Going over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community today in order to apply, learn more, and get your seat in the room. Examining your beliefs, questioning your predisposed notions, considering the realities you're unfamiliar with, knowing that they're real. There's not much that we won't talk about here. It's because we want you to know that it's safe to talk about it and you don't have to do it on your own. We talk candidly so that we can open minds and hearts to different ways of thinking, feeling, and being. We want to bridge the gaps that contribute to fostering empathy. Pause on the play is about the things that matter, the things we all need, the things we all look for. Diversity, equity, inclusion. These are only just a few of the things that we stand by, for, and behind. We're here to get you challenging those assumptions, shattering those expectations, and stepping into the light of your own visibility. Share it with a friend. Get them to step in with you. Know that you can do this. And until the next time. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?